Their rates of depression far exceed the national average. They are twice as likely to die by suicide than people in other lines of work. But by their very nature, farmers are independent, yes, stubborn, and used to working through any adversity on their own. However, mental health issues like depression can be so overwhelming, something you can't handle on your own. Mental health on the farm, right now on The Happy Molecule. Well, life on the farm is not easy. No rain, too much rain, frost, heat, infestations, forever-changing commodity prices. Farming has always been a challenge, but perhaps for the first time in 12,000 years since agriculture first began, farmers may be facing their biggest adversary ever, their own mental health. Coming up, I speak with a mental health professional who is reaching out to the ag community with information and treatment. But first, most of us probably don't have any idea of what life is like on the farm, especially during lockdown. Ashley Napton is a dairy farmer, also works with the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, reaching out to other farmers, letting them know help is available. She speaks to me from her farm in the Ottawa Valley. Hello, Ashley. How's everything in the Ottawa Valley today? It is a beautiful day here in the Ottawa Valley, and there's some rain in the forecast, so I'm a pretty happy camper today, let me tell you. Well, I know the valley. I don't think there's such a thing as not a beautiful day in the Ottawa Valley. I agree with you, Kevin. Absolutely. It is something we don't hear a lot about when it comes to mental health. We, we talk about the stress of frontline workers, of retail workers, of people working from home. And we, we just haven't heard anything about farmers having problems with mental health. Why not? Yeah, that's a really interesting comment. And I, I completely agree with you. And I think there's a few things that kind of factor into it. Certainly first is the stigma. And I think that's someone something that has affected the whole population, right? But it's certainly really prevalent in in the agriculture community and the farming of, you know, it, it's weird to talk about yourself and your mental health and that kind of stuff. And I think the other thing too, is a lot of farmers, we, we take pride in our, our resiliency. That's a big part of our identity. And so um, to admit you're having you know, troubles, to admit you're having a hard time is something that's hard to do. And so um, it's really exciting. I think we can see a shift happening in the industry where we hopefully are breaking down some of those barriers, but yeah, farmers are notorious for just putting their heads down and going, right? Get the job done, do what you got to do. And uh, I think that's actually come to to more of our harm than our benefit in the end. Yeah, essentially, you know, farmers, uh, you know, face hardships season after season and uh, basically end up helping themselves quite often and feel that that's the, the, the best way to do it. So I can't see why that would be any different with, with mental health. Yeah, I think that's, you're bang on there. And I think, you know, something that we've seen is, well, we've done it for years and we're okay. But I also think we're starting to see, you know, maybe some some bigger challenges on farm. Farms are getting bigger. Margins are getting tighter. The weather events we're facing are are more extreme. And certainly there's outside pressures that are really factoring into things as well. So while that maybe worked, you know, when communities were, um, you know, smaller, more tighter knit, there would have been more farmers to talk to and kind of work through some of those challenges there's less and less of us. And I think our challenges are getting bigger. So it's kind of a, a perfect storm of factors. And I think, you know, I think society as a whole, having that conversation around mental health, trickling down and, and coming to our agricultural community has been a benefit because now we can take some time to really 
have those tough conversations and, and open our eyes to the opportunity to work on our mental health. What's the situation on the farm right now when it comes to mental health? Yeah, so there's been some really interesting work done by Dr. Andrea Jones-Bitten out of the University of Guelph there. Uh, and it, it was really eye-opening, I think, even, even to some of us who maybe are more comfortable talking about our mental health. Um, farmers, they account for only about 2% of the population, but we see them have higher than average rates of depression, anxiety, stress, and they're at much higher risk of burnout. And so um, it, it was eye-opening. Like we really need to have some of these, these conversations. It's obvious that we need to you know, set up some of these resources for farmers because they need it. They're suffering uh, on farm from a lot of those common, well, less common, a lot of those key mental health um, indicators, we could say. Farmers, you know, they can't take a day off. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, unless they're just like completely laid out, they cannot take a day off and, and every hour of sunshine counts. So how do you bring mental health more or cater it more and tailor it more to, to the farming community? Yeah, for sure. That's an awesome question. And certainly a big challenge that we see, right? There are a lot of rural communities that just don't have the mental health infrastructure to support farmers, even if they're ready to, to take that step. But there's been kind of a few things that have come up. One of them um, is a program that local federations of agriculture, part of the Ontario Federation of Agriculture, have come up with, and that's called the Farmer Wellness Program. So these federations have identified uh, mental, mental health providers in their area who can um, you know, come from an agriculture background to appreciate what farmers are going through. And then they actually provide two um, therapy sessions, two to four therapy sessions, as many as the farmer wants, um, for free at the cost of the federation. So they allow farmers to take that initial step to, to reach out and see uh, see someone. And we, we've, you know, tried to set it up so they could do it online or by phone if that's something that's easier. So in theory, they could call in from the tractor cab if that was something that's, um, that suited them. One of the other programs the Ontario Federation of Agriculture is doing is called the In the Know program. And that's a, a half day training program set up with the Canadian Mental Health Association of Ontario, where um, they're going to train folks who go on farm to work with farmers to look for signs of stress, anxiety, depression, you know, have some of those tougher conversations about, you know, resiliency and, and how are you actually doing and hopefully get the ball rolling and normalize those conversations so that uh, farmers can take that step if they need to, to, to reaching out to someone. Uh, just to, before we go too much further, how can people, well, obviously people are going to know how to get in touch with the OFA, but uh, what's the best way to access this information? Yeah, for sure. That's an awesome question. So OFA has resources on their website. Um, so if you search mental health and OFA, there's going to be a whole webpage there of of resources for farmers, for folks who work with farmers and, and you know, access to the information about the mental health uh, situation, I guess, in, in agriculture. And, and there's lots of other stuff. Do More Ag is a really neat foundation based out of Western Canada. They cover the whole country and same deal. They're trying to, you know, change that conversation around mental health and share some of those really key resources. All right. And I'm going to make sure all the links are on my website, thehappymolecule.com. Um let, let's talk a little bit about uh, something that may seem insignificant when it comes to mental health, but internet, access to internet. And this is something actually that the Canadian government has, has done a report on saying, yes, that, that, that our rural communities are completely underserviced when it comes to internet. Why is the internet so important when we're talking about mental health? 
for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, I personally see a therapist once a month and we moved our sessions online as soon as the pandemic hit. So I was really lucky to be able to continue to work with my therapist. She's absolutely awesome, you know, through that pandemic, no problem. But uh, there's a lot of parts of rural Ontario where my internet wouldn't have been able to provide that, that face-to-face interaction with her. Uh, and a phone call, you know, a phone call is a great start, but if you're really looking for that face-to-face conversation, that, that's really hard to do. And so just access to the internet, if we think about all of the things that we search on the internet, even if you're just searching, you know, why am I feeling like this? If you don't have access to reliable internet, that's, that's a real problem. So certainly expanding that broadband throughout the province is a key initiative of OFA um, for our business, but it's also going to have those benefits on improving mental health as well. Could I ask you a bit about your mental health journey? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't know what you know. I've been seeing a therapist for about, uh, oh, man, I think almost four years now. Um, it was something I recognized that, it, you know, I come from a, a place of great privilege. So um, once my financial situation after university started to level out, I kind of identified some things in myself that I wanted to improve, which is something my therapist and I talk a lot about. I'm a notoriously competitive person. I push myself too hard is the, the reality of it. And so um, going to her and, you know, I said to her, I don't like the way I handle stress. I want to handle it better. She was like, oh, let's talk about that. And so it's been fantastic. It's been really important for my mental health um, to, to see her. She talks me through some of the really tough times. I have a session today, actually, and I'm really looking forward to talking about how I survived planting and how maybe I can do better next year. And then, you know, the other big benefit I see, I'm really lucky in that I've been able to kind of, once I became comfortable with the fact that I was seeing a therapist was just kind of casually mention it in conversations with, with fellow farmers. Right. So, you know, if they say something that I know my therapist and I have talked about, I, I genuinely say, Oh, my therapist and I, you know, came to this plan. And so just try to normalize that, that conversation. And that's something I see other folks in the industry doing is, um, you know, kind of reaching out and saying, ah, I also see a therapist. And so when you see all these people that, you know, you know, neighbors and friends who are working with someone, it's hopefully going to make it a little less intimidating. I love whenever someone talks about seeing a therapist and it's someone like you who is bubbly and happy and energetic, you know, it, it just, it helps even more to remove that stigma saying, yeah, I see a therapist. Why, I, why not? Exactly. I had someone say to me one time, they, and I think they meant it really kindly, but they said, you're so well adjusted. Why are you seeing a therapist? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, to keep feeling that way, you know, and, and she certainly has really handled, helped me through some of the ups and downs and, you know, through some of the stuff that I didn't feel like I could talk to other people about. And so um, I try and reframe it for, for some folks as, you know, kind of a personal trainer for my brain. I, I go to the gym. I go to my doctor and I go to the therapist. To me, it's the complete package for my overall health. And it also has big benefits on those around me too, right? I'm better better able to support them, which is something that really matters to me. And so um, I feel very strongly that everyone should see a therapist at least twice in their life. And you know, what do you have to lose by talking to someone, right? There's probably no other industry that has seen more change in the last 100 years than agriculture, than, than farming. And it's continuing to change. Yeah. How, how much pressure are farmers under to keep up? Oh, yeah, massive, right? You know, if we think about back to what I said, 2% of the population is feeding all of, or a lot of Canada, right? And so we have to keep up with ensuring that we're meeting consumer demands. We have to keep up with 
government regulations. And I think probably one of the biggest things is we have to keep up with climate change. And, and so if we look at, you know, personally last year, we had a really devastating drought. And so there's nothing we can do about that. That's really hard to, to manage. And how do you make up for that? And so there's technology, there's, you know, a transition from generation to generation is a really stressful thing too, right? If we talk about succession planning, setting that farm up for success, and then trying to transition that, you know, sometimes multi-million dollar operation onto the next generation, that can be really stressful. And so there's a lot of different things that kind of land on farmers plates. And I'd say it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. That plate kind of has to hold more, but you still kind of have the same amount of surface area to try and balance it on. And that's just you, right? You have one plate that you have to hold. And if it's getting bigger, that that can be hard. I'm going to get you to send a message to farmers. Uh, hopefully they're out there listening right now to this podcast in their tractor, or maybe they're in the barn or out working the field. And hello to you. And thank you for what you do. But I want you to be able to send a message to them, um, especially if they're like, well, I, I don't know if I should reach out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's such a great framing. I don't know if I should reach out. Um, you know, I think there's nothing to lose. You know, if you can reach out to a therapist, especially if you can find one that might happen to have that egg background, but frankly, any of them and just kind of say, you know, this is what I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis. This is something I noticed about myself. That's something I often go to my therapist and say is, you know, I noticed I got really angry last month. Let's, let's talk about that. And, that outside perspective is eye-opening. It's no different than when I call a consultant onto my farm to explain a problem that I can't solve. That outside point of view really helps put things in perspective for me. Therapists can do the same for your mental health. So, um, you know, if you're stressed, that's okay. It's understandable. It's normal. It's normal to not feel okay, especially in our industry. But, you know, we we really need all the farmers we can get. So take the time and, and reach out to someone if you're ready. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for this. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Stay tuned. I have some important contact information for farmers wanting to reach out for help. Right now, though, Kim Moffat is a mental health professional and a former farmer herself. She joins me from Strathclair, Manitoba. Hi, Kim. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Kim, this is something that we we need to give more thought to uh, in in more ways than one when it comes to, to mental health. We're all working towards destigmatizing mental health, but we need to remember that farmers present unique challenges when it comes to this. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make right off the bat. Farmers do have very um, different circumstances in which they're working and they're living. And, and um, for maybe some of your urban listeners over this past year living through a pandemic, I was thinking, you know, so many people are working from home and they live in that home. And that's something that farmers experience 24-7, 365 days a year. So there's no separation between, you know, the kitchen table is where you eat, but that's also where you, are, you also have family meetings. So that um, is part of the beauty of, of living on a farm, farming with family, but it can also be a stressor because relationships can often be strained, right? When you're working with, with family members, everybody has their own conflict resolution style and, and certainly different priorities of where they want the farm to go. So, so relationships tend to be a big um, stressor at times when there's a lot of stress on the farm. Um, 
one of the one of the big things with farming is that you know your paycheck is never guaranteed and there's so many things outside of farmers control and when i ask this question when i'm doing workshops what are the stressors out there that farmers are facing the first two things that people say is the weather mm-hmm. um, and finances and then followed by relationships working with 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 your family and and when you think about it weather has the potential to give you this great bounty and and to be able to launch you into another year of farming or it has the opposite effect and it can completely devastate all your hard work for the year. And, and you have absolutely no control over that. So every year it is, it is a big gamble and, and that's a hard one uh, for farmers, just not having any, any control over that. But there's lots of other things that, that farmers contend with. Um, we were talking earlier, you mentioned commodity prices. So if you're in business, you know, you have some control over what you what you ask for for your product. Whereas farmers, they don't have that ability, right? They're, they are at the whims of, of what, what is being asked for their particular product, right? So trade policy, um, you know, uh, I was just thinking the other day, my daughter lives just a few miles down the road with her partner and they're farming. And she had to make a, a, a mad dash to my house so that she could use our internet service and to make some important phone calls for her job. So, you know, cell phone service is a, a big stressor, internet connectivity out here in rural parts of Canada. Those are, are uh, you know, big stressors that we're still contending with. Um, and then, you know, not to mention, you know, the, the pandemic itself and all mm-hmm. the stress that that has has put upon farmers as well. Um, lots of different issues coming up for farmers. So for instance, um, you know, supply chains were disrupted, you know, when COVID outbreaks were happening and in the processing plants, uh, farmers weren't able to get parts for their machinery uh, when they needed it. And, and that cost a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, you know, just the, um, the, the first that they've had to encounter. Um, Brene Brown talks about FFTs, the fricking first times that we've all had to experience. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I do too. she doesn't say fricking, but you know what she's saying. <laughs> and, you know, whether you're a farmer or somebody else, we've had to do all these things that we, we've never had to do before. And, you know, for some farmers, you know, um, some farmers have great technology skills. Some of our older generation, you know, might not have those skills. So learning how to market your cattle on an online auction sale you know that causes a lot of of stress when you might not you know even own a computer so so lots of different challenges that came up with pandemic and and not to mention the isolation because farming is an isolating occupation as it is and you know a lot of farmers enjoy that aspect to it but when when these restrictions came and you're not able to go and connect in a community level at the coffee shop or, you know, volunteering with sports activities, that sense of isolation can be um, pretty detrimental for somebody who's, who spends a lot of time by themselves and might be struggling with mental health issues. So Kim, give me a snapshot right now of the current state in, in your mind uh, and your observations, the current state of the mental health of Canada's farmers? Well, I'm concerned. I'll put it, I'll put it that way. And, and the reason I'm concerned 
is for, I mean, I think it's important that we look at the data when we're having these conversations. I think most of us out here in rural Manitoba, we all know somebody who is farming, is struggling with their mental health. We all know somebody who has died by suicide. Um, but it's another thing when you have the data. And in 2016, uh, we were fortunate enough to have a study done that looked at the mental health um, and well-being of farmers across Canada. The University of Guelph did a, a really great study and they interviewed 1,100 farmers. And you know they asked the questions about how, how high is your stress? Um, they rated their anxiety, they rated their, um, the signs and symptoms of depression. And the numbers were pretty concerning. They had, uh, like I said, 1,100 people answered the survey. 58% of, of those people, if they were to go to the, the doctor, they would be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. So that's a very high number. And when you compare that to Canadian stats, um, the Canadian population, about 5% of Canadians live mm -hmm. with an anxiety disorder. So we're looking at 58% of those people that were surveyed would, would qualify. And um, in terms of a, um, meeting a, the, a depression uh, diagnosis, it was 35% in the farming population versus five to six in the overall Canadian population. So those two numbers are very concerning. Um, another number that came from that study that, you know, really probably keeps me up at night is thinking about the fact that 40% of farmers, even though they may be really struggling with their mental health or addictions or suicidal thoughts, felt very uneasy, very uncomfortable to access any kind of mental health supports because of the fear of people knowing that they were getting help. So that's, that really speaks to the stigma and that, that's out there. And I know it's out there in, in, in all cultures, but I think it's been pretty deeply rooted in our agriculture culture. And so that's what we're trying to kind of um, peel back the layers and, and get more conversations happening about, you know, the importance of accessing resources you know, but we also need a system that will be there for when farmers do reach out. And that's, that's a piece that needs to be worked on too. You you uh, mentioned suicide that that uh, everyone knows somebody who has taken yeah. their life by suicide. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, you, we in Canada here, um, we don't really know what the what the numbers are in terms of you know farmer related suicides. I know from working with farmers, I've had several serious conversations with farmers who have told me that their intention was to kill themselves, um, but they would make it look like a farm accident. Um, so we don't capture those people, but also in Canada, coroners don't keep statistics based on occupation um, uh, when, when they're deceased. So we don't know how many farmers are dying by suicide and there's a gap there. And, and so that would be important information for us to have so that we could really target um, target the industry and say, you know, look, this is, these are the numbers. Let's, let's have some real campaigns that look at and address this issue. We do know in the United States though, uh, where they do keep this kind of data that farmers are two times more likely to die by suicide than the general population and much higher in India and in parts of Europe. So it is, it is a, 
a big problem and one that, you know, we, we need to address and it's, um, you know, the hopeful side of this. And I think that's always important when we're talking about all of the, all of the challenges that faces this industry is that I've seen a, a lot of improvements in, uh, and changes that are happening in people opening up and, and having these conversations. And I think that's thanks to a number of things. Um, the Do More Egg Foundation, they, they're uh, based out of Saskatchewan and they have a large social media presence. They're continually putting out information about um, mental health and wellness in the agriculture sector. And they, um, I think it's having a really great impact. I, I see, you know, Twitter feeds where young farmers are on their tractor and they're talking about their mental health, which, you know, still kind of blows my mind that I'm seeing that. And I, I, I it makes me really happy that these conversations are happening. And uh, so, yeah, I see that being very hopeful, you know, before COVID hit um, a lot of the, the workshops that I was going to um, presentations, often you would have a keynote speaker who's addressing mental health in, in the ag industry. And if it wasn't the keynote, it might've been, you know, uh, a panel discussion or at least one person addressing the mental health component of it. So I think we're seeing some, some positive movement in that direction. Tell me about the In the Know program. Sure. Yeah, In the Know. Uh, so I, I spoke a little bit earlier about this 2016 uh, um, uh, Pan-Canada survey that the U University of Guelph put out. And from that, they developed a, a mental health literacy program designed specifically for um, people who work in the egg industry, farmers themselves, and, and really just anybody who has a, a connection to farming. So they, uh, they did a pilot pro project in Ontario, I believe in 2018, 2019. They did about six workshops. Um, they, they were at that time four-hour workshops, and they were really wanting to get information, resources, and uh, tools in the hands of people. And, and part of that workshop, the part that I really love is we have several scenarios um, as part of the workshops that we can get the, um, the participants engaged in. So we'll read out a scenario and we'll say, okay, if you were in this situation, how would you respond? How would you react? And so they're learning some tools in the workshop and then they're getting to kind of practice, you know, what would you do if, if a farmer said to you after your meeting that they were wanting to, to kill themselves. Um, so it's, it's designed to give people those, those tools and to have some of those really hard conversations with people that, quite frankly, we haven't been having in the egg industry. So, uh, I want you to give me an answer to that uh, question that you, you, you the, the, uh, um, the question you just said. What, what would you do if someone said they wanted to uh, take their lives? Yeah, well, um, I mean, there's certainly questions that we need to follow up. And I think um, I, I took a quick look at one of your interviews you've done in the past around assessing or the importance of talking about suicide. And, and that's definitely the first step. We don't know until we ask the question. So that's one of the messages in, in the know is that when we see something, 
we should say something. So if you see some signs that somebody is struggling, that is the first step of just saying, hey, you know, I've, I've noticed you, you just haven't been yourself. Are you okay? Um, and, you know, if there's indicators that they are struggling, then we want to ask the question, you know, sometimes when, when people are really struggling, sometimes their mind goes to suicide. Has that been anything you've been thinking about? And, 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 just, and, and again, because I've talked mm-hmm. to so many people about this, what you yes. say is so important for people to hear. And that is, it's okay to directly say to yeah. someone, are you thinking about yes. suicide? It's not going to give yeah. them ideas. You know, no. it's not going to push them over the edge. And we've got no. to get rid of that, that whole old way of thinking of, of don't mention it. So I'm sorry That's to have interrupted right. there, but we've talked to so many different experts, as you mentioned on this show, that that is one thing that's really important that it's it okay is. to ask that question. Yes, yes. And, and and we have to muster up our courage to ask that question. It's not it's not something that we, yeah. we ask every day. So it's okay to feel uncomfortable asking that question. Um, but if you think about how uncomfortable we are, just asking the question, you know, remind yourself of how uncomfortable it is maybe to be that person who's been struggling with this deep, dark secret for a long time, hasn't been able to talk to anybody, you could be that person that that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in the farming culture, we've been socialized in such a way that, you know, farmers are fantastic when it comes to helping out your neighbor. If, if there's a health um, crisis in your, with your, in your neighbor's uh, family, they're the first ones there to go over and help them harvest or help them do whatever. Um, But I think where we need some work is, is to not wait until there's a crisis. We need to be able to ask questions when we when we see things that are concerning to us and we've been socialized to not you know put our nose in other people's business right so um and to keep our own mental health stories you know at the farm gate that we deal with it as a family we don't talk about it outside the family so this is really kind of turning that on its head a little bit which speaks to the discomfort people have and around asking these really personal questions. Um, but like you said, there's, there's so important these questions. And, and so that's why I, I like the in the no program because you get to practice asking these questions and you're not gonna come out a, an expert. That's not the expectation, but you might feel a little more comfortable asking somebody, are you thinking about suicide um, than you were before? How can farmers, so, so we may have farmers listening, they may be in their tractors, hello to you. Uh, there are people who, who deal with farmers, families, relatives. There are business people who deal directly with farmers who may be listening. We need to get this message out there. So for everyone listening, what can they do to make sure that the farming community is aware that help is available? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. I mean, the first thing I think about is educate yourself, you know, become informed of what to look for of people at risk. What are the unique challenges of farming? What should you be watching for? Um, again, not being afraid to ask the question, uh, how are you doing? Um, you know, having that conversation is going to give you the information and then not feeling like you have to be the only person who who fixes the problem because our, our role is supports is not to fix people, but to kind of 
provide the information, empower them to make their own choices, um, but we can be there as a support. Uh, and then I think too, I think about, um, we have a, a standing um, committee that put that studied the issue of mental health in the agriculture sector in 2018. And those, they made a, a list of 10 recommendations of what's really important in getting farmers access to mental health. So I think it's important that, you know, if you're passionate about this, if you're concerned about the health and well-being of farmers, um, you know, learning about those recommendations and, and hopefully the, the government is listening and, and will we'll follow through with those recommendations because there's some really excellent recommendations in there that will make it more accessible for farmers to be able to, to get the services that they need and more of a coordination around the research that's happening out there and the prevention strategies that are happening. Because right now in Canada, it's very much a patchwork quilt of, ser of services and, and not very many. So um, I think, yeah, just getting educated and not being afraid to, to ask the questions. And let's call on our friends at Bell and Rogers and TELUS yeah. to get some Wi-Fi and better cell coverage out into our rural communities. We may not really, you know, connect this with mental health, but it's very much about mental yes. health. First of all, it's the connectivity, yes. but also the availability now of digital online therapy is fantastic. But if you can't access That's right. it, how, exactly. bad, how bad is coverage right now in a lot of parts of rural Canada? Oh, you know, I hear stories here and there. And part of my job is, is providing therapy online. And so I experience it with my rural clients. You know, some of our sessions are cut way too short because our internet goes down. There's connectivity issues. Um, I don't have any research data, but I just know that it's, it's widespread and it's costing farmers money, right? And frustration. When you come in at lunchtime and that is your opportunity to connect with whoever it is in those in that 30 minutes and you can't get through um, that adds to your level of frustration for sure. So it's, it is an issue and we hear about it quite often, how big, I, I don't know, but it is a big issue. All right, Kim, thank you so much for what you're doing for our farmers. Uh, I hope that, that we can spread the message far and wide. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you so much for putting the spotlight on this issue. Really appreciate that. For more information, contact the Canadian Mental Health Association to find one in your area. Go to cmha.ca. You can also go to domore.ag, domore.ag for the Domore Agriculture Foundation. Go to my website, thehappymolecule.com, click on links, and there you will find contact information for the In the Know program. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you again next week. Until then, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and also check out the Happy Molecule Extra at thehappymolecule.com. There you'll find a link to a video version of this episode. Be able to join the conversation about mental health, learn about our Facebook Live show, and get a preview of upcoming episodes. You can email us at thehappymolecule at gmail.com. I'm Erin Davis, wishing you good mental health. <laughs>